Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, My Marriage Sucks. Today we're going to talk about marriage. Marriage is a wonderful thing and a very hard thing all at the same time, and I will talk about both today. Unfortunately, my husband Brian and I know quite a bit about the hard side of marriage. Brian's wife left him with three young kids to raise. My batting record is even worse. My first husband left when I was pregnant and my older daughter was two. My second husband left when the girls were teens. All three marriages ended because of infidelity. Brian's parents were married 44 years when his dad died, so that was to his benefit to come from a stable home. Between both my parents, there were eight marriages, if I don't count the woman my dad married three times. Obviously, I had no experience with marital stability coming into adulthood. There was a pretty ugly backdrop to our relationship when we got married. Our response to that ugly history, however, was to commit to stay married no matter what. And believe me, that was tested many times. It has not been an easy road for us. It was our commitment to God and to our marriage that brought us to this place today, to our 20th anniversary. Today, we are in a loving and fulfilling marriage, and I have no regrets. I cannot say that about my previous marriages. Sticking it out was worth it in so many ways. I've learned over the years that our lives touch countless lives. Just the lives in our family are so significant. We have four kids married with families, all watching our life, all affected by our decisions. The prior divorces were so destructive to every one of them. The opposite is true today. Our marriage is a positive encouragement and model for them. And not just our kids, everyone in our lives, our church, our work, our friends. We truly cannot know the extent to which our choices in how we live our life affect other people. Struggling, quarrelsome marriages are painful to everyone around them. My purpose in saying that isn't to make someone feel bad if they are in a difficult marriage, but to help us all realize that because the stakes are high, the effort is worth it. Brian and I both knew the pain and destruction of divorce to ourselves personally, to our kids, friends, to our churches, to our families, and we decided we weren't doing that. Even when a therapist told us in the first two years of our marriage we should separate for a while, we said no and stopped seeing that therapist. At the time, we didn't know what the answer was for us, but we knew separation wouldn't fix anything. Separation was the beginning of the end for both Brian and I in our prior marriages. Separation is divorce practice getting adjusted to living without each other before actually making it final. I want to stop for a second and acknowledge an important reality. Brian and I made it because both of us made that commitment. If one of us had not made that commitment and chosen to leave, there would have been nothing 
the other one could have done. Neither Brian or I were the ones that left our previous marriages. We don't always get a choice. Sometimes our marriages fall apart without our permission. And I want to say one more thing before I continue on. If you were the one who ended a marriage, if you made that decision, there's grace for you. I am not here to judge you. And God still loves you. And if you are guilty of marital infidelity, there's healing available for you and hope for your future. But you do need to turn back to God and go his way to receive healing and mercy. And I'll say more about how you can do that at the end of the podcast. But it wasn't just the destruction of divorce that led us to solve the problems rather than bail on the problems. It also had to do with the fact that we now knew divorce wasn't necessary. We had learned God's way for maintaining in relationships, and we knew God's way worked. We had the hope and tools to work with. So let's get into some specifics. There are a million things that could be said about having a healthy marriage, and I'm not even going to try to cover all the bases. But I am going to talk about key factors, ones that I think are often overlooked. Here's the first. Your spouse is not responsible for your happiness. You are. Your spouse will never do everything you want them to do. They will never be everything you want them to be. If you have a list, it's best to tear it up because all it's going to do is keep you discontent, frustrated, and dissatisfied. If you aren't happy, you can fix that. In fact, only you can fix that. Anyone who was unhappy and got married thinking that would make them happy made a serious error in judgment. Marriage will not make you happy. Happiness comes from your beliefs about yourself and relationships and your beliefs about the purpose of relationships. Becoming a happy and content person has to do with inner healing, healing of your identity and healing in your relationship with God. First, you need to know the truth. Then you need to believe the truth. From there, you can begin to receive healing for the wounds other people created in you and the wounds you created yourself through ungodly choices. Let me give you an example that might help you understand what I'm saying. When I got married the second time, I was 26 years old. What I wanted, what I was looking for, was someone who wanted me who thought I was worth having. I grew up with sexual abuse from my father and my grandfather and had already been abandoned by my father and my first husband. I needed deep, extensive healing for those wounds. My belief about my identity was that I was a person without value or worth, just a piece of trash to be thrown away. I tried to fill that void and cover that pain by marrying men who said they wanted me. I was unhappy with myself. I thought marrying a man would fix that. Guess what? It only made it worse. It was the wrong remedy for the problem. When my first husband jumped ship, my identity issues, my rejection and abandonment issues got worse. 
However, if I'd known then what I know now, things might have been different. First, I never would have gotten married and started a family before my past abuse had been healed. The problem is I was clueless about my healing issues when I got married at 19. Even so, in the midst of the marriage, had I got healing, had I received the truth that I am a precious child of God, dearly loved by him, certainly not a piece of trash, then I could have approached my relationship with my first husband differently. I would have realized his infidelity was his issue, not mine, an issue that also could have been healed and restored had he chosen it. My healing was still 10 years off, so I knew none of that. My point here is that I am responsible for my happiness, not my husband. My finding inner contentment and peace, finding enjoyment in life, finding a meaningful existence, that's all up to me, never up to my husband. And that's good news because I don't have to wait for my spouse to change in order to be content. Now, I'm not so naive to think that our spouses don't create horribly painful situations for us. They do, certainly. I'm not saying do this checklist and you'll never suffer in your marriage again. But I am saying you can make it better. You can minimize the suffering by living the way God says to live, by getting your own healing, by stop blaming your spouse for your misery. You can find peace and internal happiness even in a bad marriage. So here's the next point. Pride is poison to marriage. Anyone who makes it a week without having been hurt or offended by their spouse has had an unusual week. People hurt each other. That's just the reality of this world. And when you live together, the opportunity to hurt each other greatly increases. The reason people hurt each other is pride. We believe we know best. What we want is the most important thing. And we don't need anyone to tell us our business, not God and certainly not our spouse. So we go on our own way and we hurt people. The closer they are to us, the more we hurt them. It's just the reality. We're selfish beings. The only thing that changes that is Christ. When we accept Christ as our Savior and he plants his word and his spirit in us, we then have a chance to become humble, merciful, and gracious people, loving others and putting ourselves last. But only a chance because we still have to agree to these changes that Jesus wants to make in us. Pride will poison any marriage. When we are hurt and offended, it needs to be our regular practice to work through that painful event. Ask God to bring healing to our heart and mind. And as quickly as we can, forgive our spouse and release them to God. Otherwise, anger, bitterness, and resentment will build up. Guaranteed. It will cause emotional separation and withdrawal. And that's the kiss of death for marriage. We will be hurt by our spouse regularly. 
When we are, we need to apply God's remedy to those wounds. That's what keeps our heart and mind free and connected both to God and to our spouse. This requires a miracle, a miracle only God can perform. And it is a miracle. It's amazing to see how God takes us from bitterness to love and acceptance when we follow his word. It's really remarkable. If we don't have love and acceptance for our spouse, it's because we haven't followed, allowed God to give it to us. He has plenty, I promise. We've got to say no to our pride and yes to humility and obedience. This is what will help us return to inner peace, contentment, and happiness. And guess what? These steps are things we control completely things we can choose. We don't need to wait for our spouse to change or to come around. We don't need to give countless hours and dollars to therapy to accomplish this. This work is conducted purely between ourselves and God. Let these things give you hope. And the last point I want to make today is this. Accept the way God has made your spouse. If God made them to be tall or short, big or small, loud or quiet, chatty or a few words, laid back or a go-getter, affectionate or reserved, messy or neat, punctual or late, a night owl or an early bird, accept this person you chose to marry. The alternative is emotional death to both of you. It's death to your spouse because it's the way they are. And they probably can't or won't choose to change these basic things. To judge them for these things is to leave them feeling disappointment in your eyes and inadequate. Judgment kills the soul. You want a happy spouse? Accept them. And it helps you too. The more time you spend judging your spouse, either mentally or verbally, the greater your anger, your frustration, your discontentment will be. It's bad for you. It will kill your relationship to be constantly judging the person you're married to. And I know what you're thinking. Well, <laughs> I wish it was just his dirty socks and underwear on the floor. Or I wish it was just her mess in the bathroom. I'm dealing with obsessive shopping and spending, alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, and infidelity, overeating, gambling, and overwork. This is a different category and requires a different approach. Obviously, we're not going to accept sin. These things require we be on our knees daily praying for God's intervention and redemption. If our spouse will agree to it, we absolutely need outside help to work through such difficult issues. But I will go back to my first point here. Even if your spouse is into destructive behaviors, you can maintain in a relatively okay place yourself. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am still saying you can find your peace with God. But for the basic package stuff, choose to accept your spouse. Remember, you picked that person. Unless you are from India and your parents picked out your spouse for you, you are responsible for being in this marriage. No one else. So stop blaming your spouse or blaming your circumstances. At one point, you enjoyed this person. Find your way back. 
if you've lost your way. And if you need help doing this, ask God. He will help you. The way God made each human being is good. 1 Timothy 4.4 in the NIV says, For everything God created is good. Accept that truth. Accept your spouse. It'll be a great gift to them and a boost to their sense of significance if they know you accept them. Marriage is a wonderful thing when it is working well. Brian and I work side by side now in this ministry, and it is a joy to be together. We travel together both for work and pleasure. Just having that daily connection, daily conversation, daily debriefing about life and stress is just, it's just such a blessing. It's just good to have someone to do life with. Brian is one of God's great gifts to me. I know not only love him, I enjoy him. I'm not sure either one of us was enjoying our marriage those first couple years. Our marriage was more like a battleground. But we got help, and we worked at it, and we didn't give up. We prayed together. I want to close with my very best tip for married couples, and Brian will tell you the same thing. Every day, or as often as you can make yourself do it, hold hands together and pray together. It is a powerful tool for healing, for getting over our pride, for restoring our relationship, for defeating Satan's destroying work, for reminding us to choose to forgive and love each other. If you are in a difficult marriage, the first thing you must decide is that there is no back door. You're in this thing no matter what. And the next thing you need to do is get God on board. The Healing Journey class might be a helpful tool for you. Brian and I lead one for married couples starting each fall. Other locations offer it for married couples too. And if you can't find that, then at least find one just for men or just for women and work on your own junk. That'll be a great help to your marriage. Or consider starting it in your area. You can contact us for more information. I have another podcast called Living with a Difficult Customer. There might be some help for you there as well. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.